0: Well, um, I'm going to read Genesis chapter 1. And, you know, the danger is familiarity. You know, it's possibly the most read chapter in the Bible. Um, It's interesting that it seems like when something's repetitious we often do the opposite of what god wants um instead of tuning in to the thing that's being repeated we kind of zone out and so might just think and listen um what what's god teaching here you know why did god want to start the bible with this and i'll ask it like this um there's one specific thing that i'm going to talk about but what lesson is so important that God repeated it seven times before he thought he could move on? And uh, it's a lesson about what God is like. So, Genesis 1.1 In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set that in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let the birds fly above the earth and across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters in the seas, let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day, And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over the earth, And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food and every beast of the earth and every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything, saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Well, What is God like? What is God like? He tells us in the very first chapter of the Bible over and over. And I'll um, just highlight what um, lesson I'm trying to teach through this today. Hopefully faithful to what God was emphasizing. There's many things taught in Genesis 1. But let me read again just highlighting the repetition. God said, and God saw that the light was good. God said, and it was so. God said, and it was so. God said, and it was so. And God saw that it was good. God said, and it was so. And God saw that it was good. God said, and God saw that it was good. God said, and it was so. And God saw that it was good. God said, God said, God said, and it was so. And God saw that it was very good. So what is it teaching? Well, God speaks. God said. And it was so. God does what he says. And God saw that it was good. So I would say it this way. What is God like? What, what is God telling us about himself in the first chapter of the Bible? Well, seven times he tells us. God does what he says. And what he does is good. It's the foundation of faith. Who are we trusting? We're trusting God. What is God like? He's a God who speaks and then does what he says. Always? Yes. What does he do? Well, he does always what is good. You see, the faith that we have is rooted in a person. We see God. We see what he's like. And that's where our faith comes from. We come not believing blindly, but looking at the faithful God so we have faith in Him. We're looking at the trustworthy God so we trust Him. We're, we're looking at the God who's dependable so we depend on Him. You see, it's looking at God and then it's our natural response. You look at a trustworthy God who always does what He says and you trust Him. You look at a faithful God, it's natural to have faith in Him. And this is what the Genesis chapter 1, at least one thing that it's teaching, is that God always does what he says, and what he does is good. You see, the whole Bible is, in some ways, just a repetition of this, isn't it? You know, There's a faithful God, and there's two groups of people. There's the people that believe that God does what he said, and what he does is good. And there's a group of people that doesn't believe that God does what He said and what He does is good. And that's what it is. The whole Bible is this. There's a faithful God and there's two groups of people. And that's it. I mean, we could talk about the entire Bible based on that. You could ask this. Every time you read a chapter in the Bible, you could say... Is this person believing God? Is this, does this person believe that God does what he says and what he does is good? If so, I want to emulate this person. If not, I want to avoid the mistakes that they're making. We emulate faith and we're warned by unbelief. Every chapter of the Bible is this faithful God, the same God, this God that does what he says, same in the end. Every chapter, Genesis 1 all the way to the end of Revelation, God does what He says, and what He does is good. Well, let's think about the negative briefly. The negative is the people that don't believe that God does what He says, and what He does is good. Look at Genesis 3 here. The interesting thing um, I hope I'm on the right track with this. And one thing that helps me to think that I am is that Satan attacks these three truths in order. Think about it. Genesis 3.1 Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast in the field that the Lord God made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say? So here's the first truth. God says. God speaks. And what's Satan's first attack? Did God actually say? Second. The woman you know, the woman tells him, yes, you know, God did say. Um, verse 4, But the serpent said to the woman, You will surely not die. Second truth, God does what he says. Yeah. Satan says, no, God's not going to do... God said you'll die, but he's not going to do that. Yeah. He's not going to do what he said. Yeah. And then the third, that what God does is good. Satan attacks that next. He says... Verse five, for God knows that when you eat of it your eyes will be open and you'll be like God knowing good and evil. So if he can't convince you well he if he can't convince you he didn't say anything at all, then he'll try and convince you he's not going to do what he said. If he can't convince you of either one of those, he's gonna convince you, well maybe what he he's not really out for your good and that's what he said here. Well, even if he did forbid the fruit, he's just trying to keep something good from you. What he's doing isn't good. And so we see all, think about this, this simple, I mean, it seems so simple. God does what he says and what he does is good. It's very simple. But all pain, misery, and death entered the world because of a failure to believe that God does what he says and what he does is good. Think about this. This one story, and it could be repeated over and over. Um, I'm going to skip the negative examples and go on to the positive. You know, that you could think about Abraham. God hears, God gives a word to Abraham. He tells him, I'm going to bless you and protect you. I'm going to um, curse those who curse you, bless those who bless you. I'm going to give you offspring. And then Abraham... At certain points in his life, believes God. At other points in his life, he doubts God. He starts to try and protect himself. Yeah. Um, you could think about Moses. God comes to Moses. He says he's going to deliver the people from Pharaoh. Sometimes Moses believes God. Sometimes he doubts God. Uh, Moses starts to look at himself and God says, I'm going to deliver the people. I'm going to send you. And he starts not looking at the God who does what he says, but looking at himself and saying, But God, look at me. Look at how I am. I'm 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 I've got a slow tongue, you know. You can't send me. Or he looks at Pharaoh and he sees that there's a sword in his hand and he says, God, you haven't delivered us at all. Sarah, you could think of her. She doubted God, would do what he said. Again, she was looking at self. She said, but I'm so old. She wasn't looking at the God who does what he says. She was looking at herself. Abraham, same thing. He started to look what he can do. Not what the God who does what he says can do. He started looking at, what, well, what can I do? Maybe, maybe I will take Hagar as my wife. Maybe, maybe I'll take it into my own hands. But let's go on to the positive. What happens if you believe God does what He says, and what He does is good? I mean, it's clear in Genesis. You can see all around you the the whole world. God made it. God said He's going to make it. He did it, and it's good. And you can see it, and He does it over and over. Seven times just in the first chapter of the Bible. What would happen if you went through and you just marked it every time God did what He said? I'm sure by the end of the book, there'd be 10,000 times. And there'd be 10,000 people who didn't believe, and... A thousand people, maybe you did believe, I don't know, but the but the Bible's clear, it's so simple, but what would happen? What would happen to us if we believed that certainty God is going to do what he said, and what he does is going to be good? Well, I'll give you a few things um It's not a little thing that to believe this. Um, you don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read quite a few different short excerpts of verses. What happens if you believe God, have faith in God? Well, we're saved through faith, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. We're justified by faith, Romans 5, 1. We're forgiven by faith and sanctified by faith, Acts twenty We're not of those who shrink, shrink back and are destroyed, but have faith and preserve their souls, Hebrew, Hebrews ten thirty nine. We walk by faith, 2 Corinthians 5.7. We live by faith in the Son of God, Galatians 2.20. We overcome the world by faith, 1 John 4, five. I mean, think about it. Faith is what? You see a Word of God, and you see the faithful God, and you believe, well, He's going to do what He said. And what happens? Is it, a, is it a big deal or a little deal? Well, the Bible says it's an eternity of difference. You look at God... And you see that he says, I'll, I'll save sinners that come to me. And you believe that, you go from being under the wrath of God to a child of God, saved, justified. You look at that God, you believe that what he, what he said he's going to do, and what happens, you're sanctified. You continue pressing on. It says you walk with God, you please God. You overcome the world. I mean, think about it. This is a short sentence. I mean, the smallest child could understand that God does what He says and what He does is good. But the Bible says it sets you on a trajectory that's an eternity of difference. Infinite difference. What else does it do? Well, it frees us from circumstances. You're looking to God. You're not looking to Pharaoh or to how old you are or what's going on in your life, you're looking to the God who does what He says. You're freed from from being dependent on your circumstances anymore. You're looking to God. You're freed from your looking at yourself. You're just looking at God. It's not about, well, what about me? Well, it doesn't matter. God said. And God's going to do it. it doesn't, I'm not in this statement. It doesn't have anything to do with me. It's God. It frees us from looking both from self it frees us from looking at self in two ways, looking at looking at how bad we are. Well, look at me. I've got all this. You don't have to look at that. You look at God. God said, um, whoever comes to me, I'll never cast out. There's God. He said it. He's going to do it. It's him. It's not me. I don't have to look at how bad I am. I just look at what God said. It also frees us from looking at self as far as positive you're not looking at your good works or, and falling into pride and self-righteousness or anything like that. Why? Because you're looking at God. You're looking at God and what He said. So faith frees us from circumstances. It frees us from looking to self. It frees us from being tossed around by our feelings. I mean, what's more real? The feeling that you've got or God and His promise? You may feel like God's not going to help you out. But God said... You may feel like it's this circumstance there's no way there's no way God could turn this for good. Well, God said he works all things together for good for those who love him. I mean, if you start if you start listening to your feelings, you're going to be you you are going to be a wave driven and tossed by the sea. But if you start looking to God, you're going to be seated on a rock because he doesn't change. You may say, well, I feel like there's nothing to look forward to. Well, but God said, I'm the resurrection and the life. You may feel like God said there's no hope in this situation. God says He's an ever-present help. I mean, the reality is this, is that the whole Bible, it is hard to understand. But it's simple enough that, that a child can understand it. And as we go on in the Christian life, I mean, don't you feel like it's not, you start to feel when you start the Christian life, at least for me, I saw it like kind of a mountaintop. You know, it's like you're going to climb, you're going to get stronger, you're going to get to the top and then you get going and, and you're, it's not like that. It's just the opposite. You're going down into a valley, you're getting weaker and weaker and you're depending more and more on God. You don't feel like a victor in the end. You feel less and less like a victor, you feel more and more dependence on the God who does what he says. And so this I know it's simple, it is simple, but do you realize this is a daily, hourly, minute by minute reality available to you and to me. For every person. Do you have a wide influence? Do you have a narrow influence? Do you have a big decision? Do you have a small decision. Do you have this certain gift or that certain gifting? Are you a man? Are you a woman? Are you young? Are you old? You can please God. You can make it to the end. You can conquer, overcome the world. By what? By just believing that God does what He says and what He does is good. Here it is, Genesis 1. It's an encouragement. It really is. It changes you. It frees you. I mean if we all went home and by the grace of God, one verse was made real by faith that we could cling to literally, your whole life would be different. you would be it would take you from caught in the waves of circumstance and self down here to be soaring above it all. why? On God, on the wings God has given you, looking to him. Well, I'll give you a little story um, about someone who had simple faith, so clear. Um, this is just an example. What, what does it look like to some, for someone to believe this? Well, God said it. He's going to do it, and what he does is good. How's it going to change a life? There was once a poor man. This is a true story. Um, this is from Charles Spurgeon. Um, there was once a poor man in a small country Country town, who had not the sense people usually have. Um, I think he tells this story twice. And in the other place, what they used to call the mentally disabled were quote idiots. Um, so this person's what we would call today um, has a learning disability, or you know they're different. Um, they're sim- they're a simple person, but he had sense enough to be a great drunkard and swear, as God would have it. He once listened okay, He once listened to a poor woman who was singing, I'm a poor sinner, nothing at all, but Jesus Christ is my all and all. He's on the road. He hears one woman singing, I'm a poor sinner, nothing at all, but Jesus Christ is my all and all. Repeating these words, he put his trust in, in a crucified Savior, and he was really converted. He came to the church, and although he was a peddler and always traveling about, he said, I want to join your church. And they remembered his sinful way of life and said, You must have an evidence, a change, before you can be received. Oh, he says, I must come in. But you have been such a great sinner, they said. You're unconverted. He added, Well, I don't know if I'm unconverted, but I confess that I'm a great sinner. I'm a poor sinner, nothing at all. But Jesus Christ is my all and all. They could get from him no other testimony save this. He would only say... I'm a poor sinner, nothing at all. Jesus Christ is my all in all. And they could not refuse him. Therefore they accepted him for fellowship. And after this, he was always happy. All he would say is this. I mean, almost all he said the rest of his life was, I'm a poor sinner, nothing at all, but Jesus Christ is my all in all. People would ask him about a thousand things, and that's all he would say. I'm a poor sinner, nothing at all, but Jesus Christ is my all in all. He got hold of one truth. Simple. Simple. And he believed it. He, he believed. God said, this is a trustworthy and faithful saying, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And he looked at Jesus and he said, well, Jesus came to save sinners. And he believed it. And for the rest of his life, he was different. And even when other people, even, I'm going to read you an account of him talking to an elder, so a person who was teaching, who who knew the Bible well, who in many ways, had more knowledge and experience and a lot of things than this guy, but what? But this guy had faith in one thing. And listen to this interaction. It's unbelievable. Uh, the elder uh, talking to this guy named his name's Jack, "You always seem so happy and pleased. How is it? Well, I ought to be happy, for I'm a poor sinner, nothing at all, but Jesus Christ is my and all in all." Well, but I can't see how you can always be happy and sure. I sometimes lose my evidences. Well sometimes he's saying he doubts of salvation. I don't, said Jack. I'm a poor sinner, nothing at all, but Jesus Christ is my all and all. Ah said Ah said the elder. I'm at times miserable because I remember my sad sinfulness even since my conversion. Ah, said Jack, you have not begun to sing. I'm a poor sinner, nothing at all. But Jesus Christ is my all in all. Oh, said the friend, how do you get rid of your doubts and fears? My faith constantly fails. I miss my sure hope in Christ. My frames are so variable and my feelings so contrary. What do you think of that? Think, said poor Jack. Why, master, I have no good things to care about. I'm a poor sinner, nothing at all. But Jesus Christ is my all in all. I mean, it sounds silly in one sense. But the reality is this, is that his elder was looking to what? Self, circumstances, his faith, his success in the Christian life. And this guy was looking at what? Jesus Christ. And he knew that God is going to do what he said. He's going to save sinners. And what? it's, It's almost silly. The elder of the church is down here in the waves and being tossed to and fro. And this person with, with a disability is soaring above it all. Did, did this guy have struggles and failures? Yeah. Did, did he start to feel down? I'm sure. But what? He was certain about God and about what he said. And it pulled him out of self and circumstances. And he was soaring. He was different. I mean, think about it. If the elders came to you and said, now I'm coming to you and I've just got to know you're different. I mean think about that that's different. Yeah. And it's this simple guy and what does he have? He has something you can have and I can have and everyone the smallest child can have assurance that God does what he says and what he does is good just simple faith in the God who who who's faithful who does what he says it's very it's very simple. Well maybe I'll just give you a couple short Examples. Um, psalm thirty-four is a great, great psalm. There's so many promises. If just a few of these came became real, what would it be in our life? Um, I'll just give you a couple. Psalm thirty-four, five: Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. So here's the God who said, Let's make the earth, and He did. And He said, The birds, and He did. He said, I'm going to set you free from Egypt, and He did. He said, I'll make you a great nation, Abraham, and He did. Same God who does what He says always is saying this Those who look to Him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. I'm so discouraged about how slow my sanctification is. Well, those who look to Him are radiant, and their faces will never be ashamed. Well, I'm so discouraged about my progress, the progress I see at my job. Well, those who look to Him are radiant, and their faces will never be ashamed. What about my children? I'm I'm discouraged about their progress. I'm discouraged about the impatience in my heart. Well, you can look to God, because those who look to Him are radiant, and they'll never be ashamed. I feel rejected. Well, those who look to God are radiant, I feel really far from God. Well, you can look to God and those who look to God are radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. Well, I'm tempted in this specific area. It's embarrassing. I I can't even tell the people about it. It's horrible. Well, you can look to God. I mean, think about it. What situation is there not that you won't have help in believing? I'll just give you one other verse here. maybe 2 the young lions suffer want and hunger but those who seek the lord lack like no good thing psalm 34:10 i'm disappointed that god didn't answer in the way i prayed for this for my spouse for my job for healing for a friend for guidance for temptation well those who seek the lord lack like no good thing Think what would it be just to believe this simple truth in your life to go from from here on out believing I'm not going to lack anything good I didn't get it well, must not have been good i th- I kind of wanted it to go this way. well, I'm not going to lack anything good. I mean think about it. you get in a difficult situation and to know for certain when you seek God, he won't. He won't leave you with any lack. Last verse. This one's unbelievable. I think, I don't know, maybe someone can tell me. I think this might be the verse with the most alls in the Bible. I like the verses about all because then you don't have to remember very many verses. Right? So here's 2 Corinthians 9 eight. God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in all good work. Five alls. All grace, all sufficiency at all times in all things for all good work. I mean, if that verse doesn't cover your whole life, nothing will. So let's think about it. What if somebody says this? I feel so depressed because of my situation. Well, maybe, oh, Lord, would you make this verse real to him? I'm so depressed because of my situation. Well, God is able to make all grace overflow in all, at all times, in all circumstances. I feel so lonely. Well, God is able to make all grace overflow at all times, and in all circumstances, for all good work. Well, but I'm so sad. Well, look, look to God, because God said He's able to make all grace overflow in all times, in all circumstances, giving you all sufficiency. But I've got pride, I've got money problems, even what, I've got a lack of faith. Well, God said He's able to make all grace overflow at all times all having all sufficiency in all circumstances this pleases god faith simple faith believing what he says you read hebrews 11 they all received the commendation over what their good works their mighty deeds no simple faith they believed what god said everyone every believer you may be so old you can't hardly do anything but sit You can believe God. You may be so young you can't hardly do anything. Well, you can believe God. You may be so busy that you you feel like you can't do hardly anything but the necessities. Well, you can believe God. Pleasing to God, they gained approval for their faith. Hebrews 11.39 it's easy to start believing that it's our usefulness or in our knowledge or something else that pleases God, but it's not. it's not your usefulness. It's your faith. You just believe God. Believe that what He said, He'll do. And what He does is always good. That's what God wants from you. It's very simple. A person with a disability, you know, least cognitive ability, they can believe it and please God to the person with the most. It's the same for all. They all please God. God may put you in it. This is for every person in every circumstance. You may be a person that does something for God, like Abraham, you know, like Joseph. Or you may be a person that, like at the end of Hebrews 11, who's cast out, who's wandering. You're all alone in the desert. Well, you can still please God. You may be a martyr, you know, God cuts off someone's usefulness completely, takes them away. They can have faith and please God. Every person, every gifting, every age, every circumstance, we can all please God by believing Him. Just like Genesis chapter 1, He does what He says, what He does is good. From the first to the end of the Bible, of our lives, of history, it's, it's it. And I pray, I mean, I pray, what would it be just for a few of these to be real, just simple faith? Let's pray. Father in heaven, this is the way you set it up, Lord. We didn't think of it. We'd probably think of it different. We'd probably say the strong please you or the mighty or the wise or something like that. But you set it up this way, Lord, and you said if we come to you that you'll make all grace overflow, Lord. So we're asking specifically today for the grace of faith. We want not just to hear words. uh, We want faith in the heart. And so we're looking to you. We're looking to you for the lost. Help them. And we're looking to you to move on in the Christian life. We need more faith. Help us. And for the discouraged Help them Lord you're so good to us And we just We probably ask too many things And That aren't necessary Lord but surely this is This is one of the good things And necessary things And uh, Lord we're looking to you And we're asking Increase our faith Amen Say, Amen. Amen. Let's take some time to greet one another.